At the end of the day, who are you really doing this for? Welcome back to another episode of the Work Redefined podcast where we talk to women who are doing it all but doing it with faith at the forefront. We want to welcome those of you who are new to us and if you're new to our podcast community, we drop a new episode every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. I want to invite you to commit to your growth and development. Wouldn't it be cool if you listened to every episode this year and made an investment to grow in preventing your burnout and creating more peace and balance in your life? How can you do it? Well, very simply, subscribe wherever you consume this content. Also, we encourage you to download our burnout prevention guide, which is in the show notes. And if you download that guide, we'll actually send you an email with a lot of different information that you need to know in order to be a part of our community of women leaders. We are going to work really hard to give you high quality content. And if this content is helpful, please do us a favor and share it on social media, write a review and continue to engage with us and our podcast. So let's dive into new content if you're ready to grow. Michaela, thank you so much for being with us here today. We are so excited to have you on our Work Redefined podcast. Um, why don't we just kick off by having you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and what Michaela is all about. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So um, I've been in the advertising marketing arena for a long time. Currently, I have a few different roles. Sometimes they're, I'm called the Jill of all trades, I guess you could say. I work as an advertising and event coordinator for FargoMom.com, a local organization dedicated to moms here in the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have been in network marketing as a leader in a skincare industry for almost a decade, approaching a decade now. Uh, and I run my own business too that does training and events. Uh, I work on vision boards and goal setting for women and um, groups of people and a few other kinds of things along with that. So that's my career. All of that revolves around my family. Uh, I'm a wife to Jared and a mom of three, all in elementary school right now. And um, as far as passions go, I'm a yoga instructor. I uh, just recently got my certification in that. I love that. And I love being outside in any way, shape, or form. So, that's so this, me in a nutshell, this cold weather has been. I know. I normally <laughs> love winter and I love winter walks and being outside, but once it's below zero, I get a little, it's too hard. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say, you know, that, that yoga instructor side of you, every time I visit with you, I just feel this sense of calm. I just oh, feel calm. Oh, good. I know people talk about that with yoga. They're like, oh, well, I have to be calm to do love yoga. I'm like, no, all of us, even instructors, we're really usually high, strong, high vibrational people. We need yoga. Let's do that. Yep. We need that, that time to relax <laughs> and unwind. It's a work. It's work. Taking work to do that. Well, you just listed all of these things that you do. And I've always been amazed by, um, you know, women who can have a family and have a job, but then also do things on the side and be involved in so many different ways how do you do it all? I mean, let's, <laughs> let's hear from your secrets. <laughs> oh, right. Right. Um, well, I think that's something so important to touch on in general. Like we see women from the outside doing it all right. They're in all these things. They're, you know, 
living what seems from the outside these huge fulfilling lives and obviously there's the social media filter on all of that too and I think it's so important to note that there's always so much going be on behind the scenes that we don't see a lot of failure a lot of struggles a lot of rest all this type of stuff happening and we tend to just see from the outside oh she's you know doing all the things she's in everything how does she do all that and then we compare ourselves and then we forget to look at ourselves and like you know what i'm doing a lot of different things too and i am that woman and you know giving ourselves that um what's the not grace I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but um, that pat on the back too, mm-hmm. of, you know, everybody's doing that. It's just in different ways. And sometimes we see other women doing that from the outside and get envious or jealous or just, you know, feel that guilt or that sadness in ourselves of we're not, but everybody's on a journey like that, I think. So, you know, you just touched on something. It seems like a lot of us women and men, we, we try to be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a lot of guilt that we carry with yeah. the, with that burden <laughs> and that pressure. How do we, how do we work through that? Yeah. For me, you know, I, it comes down like that word balance to like, how do you find it balance and how do you, and for me, it had to, it revolved around productivity more so instead of balance. And then that guilt of like, am I doing enough or not doing enough? Or then when I was resting and like, hanging out watching Netflix with my husband or like not doing anything on the weekend, like that guilt of feeling I'm not accomplishing enough. I'm not, you know, striving, hustling, you know, all these buzzwords and really having to do the work myself to be okay in that, to be okay, let go of the guilt, let go of the pressure of not being busy. You know, we talk Mm -hmm. about busy being glorified all the time and how, you know, if we're not busy, we feel this sense of Uh, you know, lack of pride, like, oh, if I'm busy, I, you know, have something to show for myself. So for me, it, it, I had to flip the switch of like, okay, I'm going to let go of being guilty for not being busy or overworked or lazy, right? Like I want to sit on the couch and rest tonight or today or what, you know, do my laundry at 2.30. I have that luxury, right? Instead of feeling guilty about that and flip the switch to thinking about it less from like a balance standpoint and more from a productivity standpoint. Am I being productive? Am I being engaged in ways that I want to be engaged and in the channels that are right for me to be engaged and productive right now? Like you mentioned family and a job and you're volunteering and you're doing all these things. And then we get burnt out because we're in all these things or we're trying to find balance. And when we think about balance, it's like perfection on all sides. Mm-hmm. When, when you start to think about it um, from a productivity standpoint, it's where does my productivity and engagement need to be and want to be right now? And that can be taking up a big area of my life now because I'm feeling productive, engaged, fulfilled in that area. And where might that need to switch? So for example, for me, my kids now are all in school. This just happened this year. So I have a new sense of productivity and freedom and I can dedicate a big chunk of my day to my job and my other endeavors. And in the summer, I take a little bit of a step back. I've learned to not put more things on my plate, to not start projects in the summer, things like that. Mm. My kids are home. We go to the the pool and on hikes and I sit and I read on the deck while I watch them jump on the tram and Mm. took some work to let go of that guilt of like, I'm reading at 2.30 in the afternoon. I should be doing something, but recognizing that's productive, that's engaged where I'm at in that season of my life. And that's a literal season, right? Summer, but it can be 
day to day. Like I'm going to be super productive in the morning. And that allows me in the afternoon to be productive in rest, in relaxing in cleaning my house and doing something different. Um, so I think flipping that switch and instead of thinking of it as balance, leaning into how do I be productive? Where do I feel joy in that productivity, that engagement? And then when you lean into those pieces and they're going to change throughout the day, throughout the hour, throughout the year, throughout your life, then you kind of achieve that balance, but it's not this balance, right? It's, it's the right mix for you. Mm. And that releases some of the guilt that releases some of that pressure. And that ultimately to me leads to better fulfillment mm. in wherever I'm at. So it sounds a little bit like we're redefining what um, productivity means too. Like yeah. if sitting and watching Netflix, let's talk about that. A right. Little. Like if sitting and watching Netflix with my husband could be considered productive, how, how are we defining productivity then in this new right. way? I, and I think that's for each person to find out, right? Mm -hmm. What do I need right now in my life that makes me satisfied, that makes me happy, that makes me feel engaged that is bringing some kind of value to my life right and there are times when watching tv at night brings no value and i recognize that at a point in my life and i was like okay i'm going to start reading and i read fiction and i let go of the personal development books like take this time and i felt more productive in that scale like oh, i'm doing something good for my brain there are other times when it's like you know what it's really productive for my relationship to watch this show together, snuggle, unwind, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, same with, you know, I mentioned in the summer with my kids or, you know, recognizing even during your day in the morning, I'm super productive. I'm like a type A, I'm ready to go. By afternoon, I like drained everything mm -hmm. and realizing, hey, this is my time that I should be like emptying the dishwasher, taking my dog for a walk, like not trying to, I'm in sales, not trying to go sell and have meetings and what kind of stuff you know, those kinds of things. So um, I think recognizing what that productivity is for you and what your life needs. Because if you're doing something to help yourself in some way, make yourself better, make yourself more fulfilled, make yourself healthier, that in, in my definition is being productive. Even if in society's definition from the outside, they're like, oh, well, she's being lazy or she's not you know and they're probably not thinking that that's our own projections on us yep. right but like oh yeah what what is she doing that or she's not you know i got that a lot not from other people from myself so for a long time i was a stay-at-home mom and i used to say justice i'm just a stay-at-home mom just i'd use that mm. word and i'd left a really fulfilling you know fast track career to be home with my daughter and then was realizing, well, I wanna do these other things too. And was working on entrepreneurial endeavors while I was mm -hmm. home and had a lot of guilt about that because you know, I had friends that were still in the working world, rising up the corporate ladder and doing all of these things. And I had taken a step back. And to me, for a long time, I saw that as a loss. Like I'm taking a step down, I'm making a sacrifice, even though I really wanted to be home with my kids and was trying to fill it through all these other, you know, side hustles and things like that. And it took me a long time to recognize, hey, this is productivity for me right now. I'm raising my children, I'm where I wanna be, I'm cooking supper for my family, I'm resting because I'm literally bombarded by kids all day, you know, and I'm finding fulfillment in smaller freelance jobs and things like that. And instead of being at work eight hours a day, and while I was jealous sometimes of my, you know, colleagues doing those things or 
you know, fearful of losing position and, you know, the ranks of the corporate world or whatever, it took me a long time to recognize that I was still in a phase of productivity. I was still in a phase of engagement. It just looked different. And I had to wipe clear all those other, you know, expectations that I had had of myself or what, what was right or should be, or, you know, that kind of thing to be okay with that. And I think that, you know, stint as a stay at home mom, as just a stay at home mom, helped me as I moved into this next phase of life of my kids being in school, of them being older, me being able to do other things to recognize that productivity piece of there are seasons in your life where you're productive in different ways, not just in the ways that the outside world thinks you should be mm-hmm. productive, successful, engaged, balanced, whatever those words are. Looking back um, during your time as just, just right, just I know every mom out there is oh, like, don't ever cringing, say that to yourself. But we all know I'm right? cringing too, but yeah. you know. At, looking back I mean do you regret it do you know you know like, what did you learn thing, from it right like and I knew even in it you know it's just the emotional struggles that you have because even in it I was like and because my husband had even said like I remember nights crying and he's like what's the matter I'm like I don't know like he's like well you want to be here right like if you want to go back to work I'll support you and then I'm like no I don't I want to be here and he's like well, then what's the matter? I'm like, I want to go to work. And he was like, how do we, you know, men want to solve the problem for us. The husbands want to help mm-hmm. us solve the problem. And I forgot what your question was already, well, but I, it's okay. Keep going. <laughs> this is good. This is good. You know, that was a great place for me to grow through and recognize like, we're not always going to be perfectly satisfied in every aspect. We're always going to want something more or different. And that's, and that was okay for me to want both worlds and a foot in both worlds and make the logical choice and and the emotional choice of like this is where I want to be I don't want to go back to a full-time eight ten hour a week job I want to be here and I recognize the blessing that it was for me to be there a lot of women don't have that opportunity or fathers have that opportunity and they want it so I recognize that and to give myself grace of it's okay if your heart still wants to also be working also be doing this And then it allowed me to sit back and think and say, well, how I can't have both. I can't do both, but how can I still find productivity and fulfillment for that piece of me that still was a career woman, still, you know, loved business and marketing and whatnot. And I found different roles, right? I stepped into network marketing. I was doing some freelance things. I arranged my life to keep me productive in that area without allowing it to like make me have to make a choice between one or the other. And sure, it wasn't, I wasn't working eight hours a week. I did, I wasn't climbing the ladder, but I'm here now. And if you'd have told me, you know, seven years ago when I was surrounded by toddlers and babies and spit up <laughs> and all the things like drowning in motherhood, that I would be on a podcast about, you know, women leaders, I'd be like, I'm never going to make it there. And seven years later, it was just one step in front of the other. And I'm still not back in the eight hour, mm-hmm. you know, rising corporate ladder type of gig I it ended up creating a new path for me which oh I never would have expected that so there was a lot of learning through that struggle and just feeling all the feels and recognizing that you know it's okay to to feel that to feel that way lost in motherhood lost in you know my career sense and trying to navigate that well Michaela I think all of our listeners, I'm sure would agree that this is really hitting home because mm-hmm. I think of even just the women in my life who maybe are considering a career move and mm-hmm. they're considering maybe taking a step 
a lateral move or even a step down from what they're in just so that they can feel a little bit more at peace and a little bit less stressed and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And, but it comes with that exact guilt that you're talking about. And I think I even look at myself and I want to be the perfect wife and mom and friend and coworker Mm -hmm. and professional and successful and, and do all these things. And we have so much pressure and just what you're speaking to right now, I think is just, it's very refreshing Mm -hmm. because I think we have so, so much pressure on us Mm -hmm. to climb that ladder. And um, it's almost like, again, we just kind of redefine productivity, but even looking at success and again, redefining what, what is that true? And I think a lot of the question is too asking ourselves, who is this for? Mm. Who is that success Mm. for? Because, and it's, like mm. we, we all grew up in this age of social media. And I mean, you even said at the beginning, you're, you're doing all these things, mm. but then it's like, well, I should text you at two 30 tomorrow when I'm doing nothing, you know, like, in, yeah, because I chose that life to be flexible and have that, or, you know, I should text you when I say no to volunteering at something at my kid's school because yeah. I don't have the capacity or, you know, tell me, we don't see that. We see, yeah. you know, oh, you know, Michaela was on this podcast. How'd she get on this podcast? You know, but I think it's, so I think it's asking ourselves, what is that success for us? What is that productivity okay. for us? What is that fulfillment for us? Not what other people think is awesome, which is so, so hard because that's, what we do, you know, especially I think as women, especially like my husband always like, I'll look nice for something. And I mean, we've been married for a long time, but he, he's like, girl, he always says, women don't get dressed up for other men or he'll tease me like, Ooh, what boyfriend are you? Yeah, know what are you? And, yeah. he, and I look at him like, well, one, I have no game anymore. Right. Like <laughs> been married for so long, but, um, he said, and, and then he like laughs. He's like, I know you're not dressing up for men. I know you're dressing up for other women. And I'm like, that's true. Like we want other women to see us in this, you know, successful beauty, what, you know, all these types of things. Right. So, so we're doing those things. It goes back to that point of we're, are we trying to create success for what somebody else thinks success should look like for us or what is real success for us? And remembering like, do you feel successful where you're at or not even where you're at, but where do you want to be that will make you feel that way? And are you willing to give up the things to do that? Like, sure, I would love to like be speaking in front of an audience of thousands and be some like awesome executive director, president, whatever of some big, huge thing. And like Queen of Fargo, whatever it is, right? (laughs) I love it. But then at the same time, like, yeah, I want that. But then like, but do I really? Because that means I don't ever see my kids. I don't get to, you know, what are the things that I would be sacrificing to get there? that have meaning to me. Like, I mean, and it could just be little things like, well, that means I probably don't get to read on my couch for an hour at night because I'm working on this extra project or whatever. And maybe there's a season in my life where I like that, but right now for me, isn't that season. So when I think about it that way and work it backwards, oh, maybe that doesn't look so shiny and awesome, you know, being in this magazine or doing all these things because it's not fulfilling to me now, or I don't want to give up the things that I have to give up for that. 
gosh, there's so many things. My mind is all over the place. <laughs> Michaela, this is so beautiful. I'm thinking of two things. One, um, well, I really like what you just said about working it backwards. And I want to get into a little bit around like vision goals, mm-hmm. but the thing that you said earlier that just, it struck me and I've heard this before, but it just was like, it hit me in the face is who are you doing mm-hmm. this for? And I think obviously we can tell by your passion for your family and your kids that a lot of what you do is for, for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are looking at faith too, yeah. right? And I, and I want, I don't want our whole conversation to go by without <laughs> diving a little bit into yeah. that as well. I mean, when it comes to doing all the things and even keeping that faith at the center, I think of that, who mm-hmm. are you doing this for? Mm-hmm. Can you, what are you right? You know, I, and I think it brings me to something that I wrestled with too, like, um, passion and purpose. And for a long time, I used to think like, God gave us a, a purpose on this earth, right? Like, what is my passion? What is my purpose? What am I meant to be here for? And for some people, that's very obvious, right? Like they go open an orphanage in Africa and they like change the world, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're a doctor and they're saving lives. It's something like, like very, right. comes down and exactly. it's like, this yes. is your purpose. And then there are people like me that are like, I'm multi-passionate and that will change every day of the week. I want to do something else. Um, You know, I don't, I've never felt this like huge calling to do something. And I think there's always this, um, we hear about those stories, right? Where it's the lightning bolts and people sharing, oh, I just felt called by God to do this. And I believe that there are people out there that have that. I have never felt that. And maybe I will at some point, but I think also there are people that God and Jesus are using in multiple ways and they seem small to us, but they're big to them, you know, and that can be people that are multi-passionate like me, or, you know, maybe my purpose isn't some big, you know, lightning bolt, save the world or start this big, huge business or be the mayor of Fargo or whatever and lead the people, right? Maybe it is showing kindness to the lady at the front desk. Maybe it is being home every day at three o'clock in my flexible job, even though that, you know, I felt the guilt or the sadness of losing some esteem in the career world because my kids need, I need to be the first person they hug when they step in the door. And maybe my purpose in being that leads to one of my kids make, having one of those lightning bolt moments because they have that support or, you know, whatever that, that can be different for so many people. And I think, for me, I had to really um, stop waiting for that, like, what is God calling me to do in this life? Like that, that aha moment, that like crushing feeling of this is what I'm supposed to be doing because I may not get that ever, but how can I live in my truth, my purpose? One of my favorite verses, and you, you, yes. you, you had mentioned that you're going to ask this, so I'm going to jump yeah, right into jump. it. Um, That's perfect. is James chapter one, verse 22. And it says, be doers of the words, not hearers only. And I think for some people, that's like a big do, right? Here's the thing that I'm calling you to do. Listen to my word. I'm calling you to do this. And for others, it's like just little things. Like how can you be a doer of all the things that you hear that Jesus is asking you, right? We read our Bibles. We read our, you know, all these things. Jesus is asking us to do all these things. The hard part is being a doer of all those things right when somebody doesn't turn on their blinker in front of you and you like lose your you know like, yeah, lose your like mind. not being a doer I am hearing you Jesus what I'm supposed to do I'm not being a doer but 
um, you know, allowing that to, to be okay with a lot of little smaller purposes instead of one big, huge purpose was something for me that I had to get used to. And maybe my big, huge purpose is out there. And a lot of it too, like, you know, when I'm 90 and on my deathbed, I'll look back and like see the big picture of my big purpose, but um, letting go of that needing to find my passion and lean in and just like do just that and run forward of like being okay with being multi-passionate, having multi-purposes, allowing that to change. Like I keep talking about my kids and, and you had said, I felt guilt when you said this, like, oh, oh, you're, you're, you know, such a good mom and you're making your kids a priority. And then part of me is like, well, not all the time, <laughs> you know, like, and I was like, I felt guilty because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm setting up all these other moms out there to like, you have to make your kids your first priority all the time. Mm. And I, that's not always true. And I mean, it is from a standpoint, you're a mother, like you'll lay down your life for your kids, right? They're always that priority, but there are seasons when they're maybe not your purpose or your priority, or, you know, they're, that's not where your productivity lies. And that's okay too right? There's value in that. That's why we have a spouse, a community, a family to step up in those ways. And that's going to change as well. So yeah, it's not, it's not this one big lightning. This is your purpose. This is your passion. This is what you have to do. It's going to ebb and change and flow and always be different all the time. I think for a lot of people. Some people are very lucky that they know that and I admire them very much, but I'm it's not totally <laughs> with you too. Yeah. The lightning bolt, you continue to look for it and it, it it's almost like the more you strive and hustle to yes. try to find that purpose, it almost, I almost right. feel further away from it unless I just pause. And, mm -hmm. and yeah. I've really, you know, going back to the faith conversation that's where I notice I struggle the most with my faith is when I'm searching for something like searching for that path, that lightning bolt that like, you know, and, and that's where I've been honestly the last year or so, like I've had these visions for what I wanted in our life. Like we've been searching for a country home for ever and it's just not happening. And like, I'm just waiting for all these things that I've wanted and I'm searching for this path and I'm so eager to find it. And I'm asking God, like, where is this? What does this look like? I've had the opportunity to like make career changes because now all my kids are in school. So I'm like, well, I, now I can kind of do what I want. I don't need to be home with them during the day. What does that look like? And I'm like left with this like blank mind, like, um, midlife crisis. What do I want to do with my life? I don't, I don't know. Like this new door has opened and I get to change. And I've been asking God, like, what is this? What is this? Show me the path, show me the light. And I'm not getting this lightning bolt answer mm -hmm. this like oh you should be this boom aha moment it's not here and that's when faith um wanes or just you know gets unstable of like why why aren't you showing me this it turns into this yeah this anger and I was you know I shouldn't even say was like I'm still navigating through this of why aren't you making this clear for me I've been asking for this and praying about this and it just like felt like there's more of a divide creeping in between me and my faith. And then, then comes the guilt of that and this, and in my logical brain, it's like, I know that God is always with me. I know that he has plans for me, you know, the Jeremiah verse and like, oh, but as a human person, my brain is like, no, I want this now. What is this? What is this path? And what it's taught me as I still wade through this 
field that I'm in of trying to figure things out is faith is a, is a practice, right? It's not always, sometimes it's really, really easy, like super easy to talk to God. And some days you can just hear him, right? Like, yep, I asked a question. There it is. Like, it just feels really flow. And there are other seasons when, you know, it's, it's the, I don't even know how it goes. Like, though I walk through the valley of death or whatever it would be, like I envision that. And I heard a, a pastor refer to it as this once of like, to get to the mountain, what do you have to go through first? The valley. And mm. you can't see God in that valley. The trees are blocking, you know, your sunlight. You're hacking through vines and you're trudging through mud and it's hard. And a lot of times you don't see God at all because you're covered in this swamp and this valley. Mm. But that's what the goal is, is to keep practicing, keep praying. Like I will read my devotional every day. And sometimes I'm just like, whatever, I'm reading it because I have to read it today and we'll close it and get zero from it. But I did it. And the more you do that, like, I know God is working on this end of the thing and he's bringing you through that. And then when you get out of this valley that you practiced your way through, you pushed your way through, you, you know, worked on your faith, even though it wasn't giving anything to you in that sense, Mm -hmm. you reach the end of your valley. And then this is not my creation. This is a homily I heard. So it's whoever, <laughs> I don't even know the pastor that was talking about it, but he said, you get to the end of this valley and you see the mountaintop, but guess what? You got a huge climb ahead now. Like you hacked through all the, the trees and the bushes and the, you know, no sunlight. And then you get to the end of it and you still have this mountain to climb. But if you want to have gone through this valley and done the practice, done the work, done the struggle, not heard God for a long time, but still worked on that relationship. Now you have this mountain to climb. Well, now you've built all this resiliency. You've built all this faith. When you see the sun shining and you have this hard walk ahead of you, you've you've done the work in the shadows of that. And you've built yourself so strong that now you're capable of this big climb to the top, whatever that is, your career, your family, you know, overcoming a challenge or whatever that would be. But, um, that's where I'm at in my faith journey right now. Like, I feel like just hacking through that and you see these little glimmers of God and light and right. So you're like, okay, I'm still on the same path. Today's a good day. Like I, I can feel this verse that I'm whatever. And then you have three more days of like, hacking, right. Right. Like I'm just doing my job as a Christian to practice this, but you know, like it's not, it doesn't feel like it's working for you, but knowing that it is, and that there's, you know, you see those glimmers of light, but that's where I feel like I am right now. And it's not always this flow perfection, you know, my relationship with God is so good. I think we all have that and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And expected by God and by us and by others. Well, and it sounds like what I'm hearing too, is there's always going to be that next forest to chop through and mountain to <laughs> right, climb. Right. You get so stuck in this, um, again, back to what you were saying, this pursuit of purpose and even this concept of, okay, so you get to the end of the forest and you see the mountain, you found your purpose. And then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> holy cow, I, got a long I have a lot of work to do. Right. And so we're always in this season of growth and, and trying to figure things out. But I think what's the most important thing that I've heard from you to take away is like that concept of no matter where you're at, you can consider yourself whole and productive and Mm -hmm. like having more of that peace in the moment, because it is so easy for us to be constantly 
grabbing our devotional, grabbing our the next self-help book, like trying to grow, grow, grow and be better. And like, just, you know, staying consistent with our faith and practicing that daily, but just knowing that who we are today is actually who we're meant to be Mm -hmm. today. Exactly. And finding joy in that instead of always, I'm, I'm a striver, like I'm a, Mm -hmm. what's next kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this five years ago, 10 years ago was what was next for me that I couldn't wait to get to. Mm-hmm. And now I'm here. I'm like, where's the next thing, the better yeah. thing, the whatever. And it's like, which is good. I mean, there's a purpose in that too, but hey, finding joy in that, in this being okay right now and a season that I'm in and enjoying it and finding productivity and engagement here mm-hmm. instead of always looking for the next, the next. thing too which is really easy for me to say on a podcast, not Um, easy for me to overcome in real life, but, but that's the point, right? (laughs) Like both of us, I will keep talking about it so that I myself learn to Mm. walk that road. Yep. I can relate (laughs) on so many levels. It's like a continuous reminder, a continuous reminder of, Hey, just pause. It's okay where you're at. Um, because again, I think that, um, again, that question of who am I really doing this for mm-hmm. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, just resting and knowing that, you know, we're living for Jesus, we're living for God we're, and then, you know, supporting those around us and mm-hmm. just being kind and knowing that we are living in our purpose, despite yeah. what it might feel like right. some days. Right. Could you say that verse one more time that yeah, you said earlier? Um, be doers of the word, not hearers only. And it's James chapter one verse 22 I believe okay that was yeah. really powerful and I just wanted to make sure that right. we said and that honestly one of the hardest verses in the bible I think like it's really easy to know what you're supposed to do and hear what you're supposed to do but really challenging to do it and we all fail daily at it right if I mean none of us will be saints yeah <laughs> and even the saints feel feel daily at those kind of things of being a doer but I think it's so important to continue to try it reminds me of, there's a book I'm slowly reading. One of my goals for 2022 <laughs> was to read more. And I think I'm actually on page 130 and I started it in January. Hey, that's I'm pretty like, good. Hey, I'm getting there. I don't know how many pages it is, but it's called The Christian Atheist. Oh. It's by Craig Grishel. Um, And it's just about the concept of, um, there are a lot of us out there that are Christians, but we're not living like we're Christians. Sure. So it's that same right. concept of that verse of, we hear these messages, we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't actually do and do live, <laughs> live out that purpose. And so the Christian atheist, I'm really loving it. It's really good. That just reminded oh, me of that. So I wanted to, I'll have to read that. plug that one. Yeah. Um, and to cut ourselves a little slack because yeah. we'll never be the perfect Christian, the perfect doer of the word. Like I'm going to leave here and somebody's not going to turn on their blinker and I'm going to hug that horn. Right. And like, oh, that was not, you know, like, it's just the recognizing of that and the always trying to be better. And I think ultimately that's what God wants. Like he created us as imperfect beings. So mm-hmm. we're living up to those expectations of being imperfect and striving to be better. And if we were perfect, we wouldn't need right. God. Right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. We would be God. Exactly. <laughs> we're perfect. Right. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic of perfectionism and oh my how gosh, much yeah. I know a lot of what we talked about today. I think those who are perfectionists will be able to relate with that constant need for the next thing mm-hmm. and for being, you know, the best at all these things. Um, was there something else in your devotional that yeah, you wanted let me to know, share let me today as we're getting close um, to the end of our time? Yes. Oh, okay. And this is a little off topic, but I think okay. but I think it's similar. So I mean, there's a verse in Samuel on it. 
part of it is just, it says man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we talked a lot about that of the outward, you know, what we see on the outside of, you know, people looking at me or you and like, oh, these successful women and not knowing what's happening underneath the surface or in their heart. And so if people don't have this devotional, it's so good. It's called Jesus Calling and it's Sarah Young. And she writes in here, like it was Jesus talking to you, which I really appreciate that. Cause it's like, you can read Bible verses and when you're left to your own devices to um, solve the mystery behind them, it can be really challenging. But she wrote in here, this sentence that I thought is so powerful. And it just says, rejoice in the relief of being fully understood. And how often do we like try to explain something to our spouse or to somebody or on a podcast of like, well, this is what I mean, but I can't really articulate what that means, how that feels. Or we're, you know, in an argument with our spouse or a person and we just let it bottle up because we're like, I can't tell you exactly how I feel and whatever I say is going to come out wrong or whatever I think, or even in my own prayer life, like I'll pray for something and then I'll feel guilty that I'm even praying for that. Cause I'm like, there are children not eating and I'm praying for this, you know, champagne problem thing, you know, or, you know, and just, or, or not being able to like articulate to God how I'm feeling or what I really want or, you know, all these things. And it's just a remember of like rejoicing in the relief of being fully understood. Man looks at the outside. God knows exactly what's on your heart. So it's like, you can just lay there and not pray anything and just say, my, I was talking to a friend about that. And I told her, I said, I'm having a hard time praying. And she's like, prayer can just be laying down and saying, Jesus's name, like, that's it. He knows your heart. So through all these Mm. things, through finding productivity, through finding passion, through finding balance, through whatever that is, is recognizing that God and Jesus know, know what's on your heart and they're going to help you lead you there. You don't have to voice it perfectly. You don't have to explain it perfectly to them to struggle through that. Like they know exactly what you're feeling and they're going to help us work backwards through it or figure it out or whatever that may be. But that was just powerful to me that I read and I had to go back to a bunch of times. No, I love that. And just that concept of being fully understood. I think we are constantly seeking. And Mm -hmm. again, it goes back to that, who am I doing this for? And remembering that, Hey, um, like at the end of the day, God understands our hearts Mm -hmm. and knowing that we are, because we all want to be understood, right? We all want to be seen, heard, understood. Mm -hmm. We want to feel like people, like we can relate to other people and that we're in the similar boat as others, but only God really truly understands us. So resting mm-hmm. and knowing that if no one else seems to understand <laughs> us, that he is, he there. knows what's on your heart and yeah. the true intentions of every action that you have and everything that you create or everything that you're striving for, whatever that would be. Mm-hmm. No, that's such a beautiful way for us to kind of wrap up this conversation. I'm so glad you were able to share that at the end. I didn't want Good. to forget about that. And I guess, Good. you know, my final question, um, well, I'll, I'll let it be two parts. Um, one, first, if there's anything else that you were hoping to share today, let's start there. Um, um, any Anything else? You know, that... we covered so much, but I, I think just going back to like, it's okay if you don't have this passion or purpose. And that hung with me for a long time of like trying to discover what that was for me and recognizing that it's okay. And I tried to not even discover, but I tried to find like, fake isn't the right word, but like well, maybe I'm really good at this. I'm just going to like lean into this, but it wasn't completely 100% right. Cause I was trying to force it. So like oh. being okay with being multi-passionate, multi-purpose, your person purpose is 
grand, whether it seems grand to the outside world or whether it's just grand to you and God in your heart, like it's, it's perfect for you. And it could be multiple purposes. Maybe I served my one purpose on earth by holding the door open for somebody yesterday. And now God's like, well, we're going to find you another one. Good job. You did that. You know, I well done. It was right. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that was, I would just want to leave people with that. Cause I struggled with that for a long time. I think we all mm-hmm. struggle with that. So no, thank you for being open and honest and sharing that piece of you. I think that was really, really good today. Um, the last question I always like to ask our guests is, like, where can we find you? How can we support you? You know, you can give whatever kind of commercial yeah. <laughs> for, for us connecting um, with you. You know, I, I'm on social media so they can find Michaela Shell. I am intentionally trying to be not as active on social media mm. as I used to be in the past. Now I'm saying this like in a public forum of people holding me to yep. it. And then they see me post something like, you liar. But um, okay. trying to be off of that. But I'm, I'm always available through those channels. Um, email is awesome. Um, Michaela M. Shell at Gmail is that easy. And I'm sure can you can post that, that the with their stuff, yep. but I always welcome people connecting. I, um, am a true connector. And when I moved to Fargo six years ago now, it has been six years, which seems crazy. Um, as an introvert, I knew if I wanted to like even have a friend here, cause we knew nobody here, um, much less grow, the businesses that I was in, I needed to meet people. And it really gave me a love for connection and coffee dates and meeting people. And it was that meeting people, like I would literally, I was the crazy person, which I can't even like, even doing this now, I'm like, how did my introvert self even allow me to send those messages? But I would just see somebody on a group page that was doing awesome things. And I would say, can we go grab coffee? I would love to get to know you. And it would like make this like rise in my throat. Like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Like just go be social for no reason. It's not um, who I was, but I ended up going on so many coffee dates the first few years that we were here and it has changed my life. Like that's how we met. That's how, and you just, you, you meet these people and you gain these connections and it's brought me so much further in that quest for, purpose and passion and where I want to be and, and knowing people. So if anybody else there wants to send me a random email and are like, I'd like to just talk with you, I will never say no. I will never say no because um, that was so refreshing to me how people just welcome that mm-hmm. and the people you meet along the way and just have good conversations with. And, um, you know, back to the faith piece of like, people are meant to be in your lives. And sometimes you don't know how or when, but it's like, mm-hmm. I had a coffee date with someone three years ago. And then, you know, oh, hey, you need them for something or you have a perfect thing that they could be involved in. And you lean back on that introduction that you had years ago. So mm-hmm. I welcome all random emails and requests to meet up. So, well, and you never know where it can lead. I yeah, mean, I, exactly. again, you mentioned it already, but I look at what all the fun things we've been able yeah. to do together in the last year, just from meeting at a random networking yeah. thing that um, we both just happened to be at. Right. So I'm very that crazy? grateful. <laughs> I'm so grateful. And Michaela, I've had I had goosebumps multiple times. You had me tearing oh. up multiple times today. <laughs> this has been such a valuable conversation mm-hmm. that I really feel like, I mean, thousands of women need to hear. Right. I know. So it's like, not for, a, we're not alone for sure. Yeah. So thank you for being so oh, open and having me. vulnerable and sharing. And this has been so much fun spending time with you today. Same. I know all of our listeners who are tuning in, I'm sure are also feeling very, very inspired. So thank oh, you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here.